You're listening to the Known Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Known Legacy Ministries. For more information, go to knownlegacy.org. Now here's your hosts, Bill and Travis. I don't know why, but today I've been in a Phil Collins mood. Oh. And uh, and I just... I, I, yeah, exactly. Like, it's just that, I can feel it calling in the air tonight. Go, go for it. Oh, Lord. Lord, 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 Lord. <laughs> See, that's how good we should do. We could do this together. I don't know if we could do it separately. I promise you no one would pay us. They'd pay us to stop. They would pay us this. We could make some great money doing that. So, hey, guys, I hope you're doing good. I hope things are going well. Uh, welcome to another episode of uh, the Known Legacy Podcast brought to you by Known Legacy Ministries. Yeah. Check us out online, uh, info uh, at Known Legacy for questions, all those kind of things. But Instagram at Known Legacy, Facebook. You're probably watching it right now. Yep. And um, hey, we are so glad to have you guys here, Travis. Yep. It's good to hear you. Hear hey, and I'm going to plug this too. Um, we do have a YouTube channel, and uh, if you could do us a big f- solid on this, if you can go like us on the YouTube channel, we need a certain number of likes on there before we can live stream. Yeah. And uh, I would love to live stream YouTube and Facebook. I think that'd be fantastic. So we need you guys to go and hit that like button, that subscribe button, that bell, whatever it is yeah. today. I don't know what's going to be tomorrow. And uh, get us to that number, and then we can. Uh, Live stream there. What do they well. say? Say smash that like button. Smash it. It's so Sunday, good. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Nitro. That's, that's it. That's it. But today I'm super excited. We have a, a guest with us today, guys. Want to want to introduce to you uh, my friend Jim. Jim Liskey is the founder and principal of 126A Ministry, based on the dignity of everyone, as described in Genesis 126. Uh, and most recently, was the executive director of Movement.org. He wow. served in prison fellowship. He actually led prison fellowship ministries in America from 2011 to 15, as well as being a Pastor in many different arenas all throughout that. So, guys, give it up for our friend Jim Liskey. So glad to have you here, Jim. Thanks for being here. We love you. <laughs> I encourage you guys not to put your day jobs uh, <laughs> imitation of Phil Collins. Have it. So, and now the shortest interview we've ever had. Jim, thanks so much for coming on. We're really happy you were with us, and uh, we'll catch you again later. Pleasure. So, uh, check us out on. Uh, <laughs> Oh, man. Jim, um, really quick, you know, we just, I know I kind of just blurted out a bunch of stuff, but um, share a little bit about yourself, your heart, uh, kind of what made you want to get into some of this stuff, but just share, share a little about who you are. Uh, you know, ba- basically, Bill, I'm, I'm a farm boy from northern Michigan. I, um, I was raised by a great dad, uh, lost my father about, uh, about a year ago. He uh, passed to be with Jesus at, at 90, and uh, wow. he mom. Uh, in the last uh, three years of her life when she wasn't doing well. So he, he taught us how to be a man of God and a, and a wonderful husband uh, right to the end. He taught us how to pass away. Um, he, uh, he just kind of decided on a Tuesday he wasn't getting out of bed anymore, which huh. was really unusual for my father because uh, he, he literally would get up uh, very early, uh, 5 in the morning, and he'd help the night crew clean the facility he was in. He was wow. a hard worker all of his life. Uh, I remember his Bible being on the table in the farmhouse I grew up in. Um, every morning when I got up, it's <clears throat> showing me that he'd, he'd, been, he'd been praying, he'd been studying the Word. He was a leader in the church. He was an engineer. And, and so my brother and sister and I had the privilege to be raised by a wonderful mom and a really godly dad who left a legacy. And he left a legacy with his grandkids. And, uh, but he, he literally just, he just told us on a Tuesday... It's time to go home to be with your mom, and it's time to go home to be with Jesus. And on Saturday morning, he passed with a smile on his face and went home to be with his Lord and Savior. 
And uh, he showed us how to die with dignity. And he, he showed us that um, the, the hope of Christ is real. And, it, and, and death is something to be embraced. And uh, so I'm very thankful to be a farm boy from northern Michigan who had a father that taught me that the most important thing to do in my life was to pay attention to the people in the margins mm. and to do what I could to make sure that they knew Jesus and knew that they had value. And even what I'm doing now in the current phase of my life with 126A, um, as a pastor, I really struggled with the fact that we started at Genesis 3, um, we started by telling people they were sinners, and mm. uh, kind of an outlier in the Baptist denomination, and then pastor to community church. I'm also ordained in the Reformed Church, kind of collect ordinations as I've gone through life. <laughs> um, Congratulations! Yeah, it's kind of a hobby of mine, and, <laughs> and just have really struggled in in a lot of environments, um, saying to people, "Why why do we start by reminding people we're broken? We know that. Um, I know that every morning when I wake up." Mm. Uh, I roll over and tell my wife, honey, I'm really sorry for what I'm about to do today. I just get the apology out of the way, right, right away. In the and uh, when, when the Bible starts with the narrative that we're created in God's image and that it's a unique part of creation because it's the only element of creation where all three members of the Godhead are present. Mm. And, and yeah. all three members of the Godhead, all of those pronouns are, are plural. Let us create them in our image. And so we have this very clear understanding in, in the first theological treaties of the Bible that involved humanity that it was so important that all three members of the Godhead gathered in community to create humanity in community and place the image of God in us. In Ecclesiastes, Solomon says, humanity was created upright. And so we have in us this ability, this dignity, this godliness that's just waiting to come out. With sin, we fell, and, and, and we ended up not upright. We ended up flat on our back with struggle. Um, but, the, but, but instead of saying, I want to reach my potential, I, I would love every man and every woman listening to this to understand, oh, no, don't stop there. That, that's not a good finish line. You don't want to reach your potential. You want to reach the God potential in you. And the beauty with that is it's just waiting to burst out. And, we, you know, we just finished Easter, right? And, and that whole thing of bursting out of the tomb, that's, that's the metaphor for our life. We're just bursting out of the tomb, and, and the image of God is just waiting to burst out of us. And, and really, it's not a matter of us trying to get it out. It's a matter of us getting out of the way. Wow. It's me getting out of the way of God bursting out of my life. And you talk about leaving a legacy— that's all I want to do. I want the image of God to burst out of me and just kind of wash all over my kids and wash all over my grandkids. So for me, at this point in life, I'm almost 60. It's getting more simple for me. That's all I want to do with my life from this point on. So I hope that makes sense to you. Uh, yes. Yeah, in fact, I feel like we're uh, we're going to school right now. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, it's Jim's school of uh, like practical theology, and it's I love it. It's crazy. I absolutely love it. We have, we have a new title. Exactly. We do. Exactly. We, yeah, we're changing titles after this. So, Jim, that is amazing. Um, you know, I know we had this conversation before, but like you need to write a book. First thing, just yeah. write a book. But uh, that was incredible because I think you I think when you first start talking about your father, just that, man, I'm almost like tears come to my eyes because just the idea of, of what he is already le has already left behind and the value of it. And I love that you started with dignity because I do. I feel like and I'm, I'm guilty of this, too. 
I mean, again, we want to talk to the brokenhearted, but you're right. We don't empower them beyond that to go. Now, remember, you're just a hot mess. And this Jesus came to save your your mess, but now you're still a hot mess. You know what I'm saying? Like there's that kind of feeling. I love that you go back to Genesis 1, that we've been equipped for every good work. It's just, it's way, it's deep within us. Well, and I think it, it's, it's we, we're notorious in the church, and this is not a bad thing, um, bringing people to the foot of the cross, which is a great, this is where it all starts, at the yeah, foot of the cross, yeah. right? Where our sins are sacrificed for us. But we've, we don't know how to live life and encourage and empower people to live life in the shadow of that cross. And like, I, lo- I love what you said about bursting forth, God bursting forth in us after the, the cross, it's the empty yeah. tomb. And too many of us are staying in that empty tomb of beating ourselves up and, and just living that, that um, Christ crucified. And again, that's not bad, and I'm not hearing that from you at all. But, no. but how to go beyond that. And I think our culture is so desperate because we're, being, we're, we're allowing the world to identify us, to yeah. define us. And um, people are just miserable by that. And, yeah. and you're just offering this idea of like, no, 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 you don't have to be defined by that anymore. You're not defined by your brokenness, your sins, because you've been forgiven. Now, be defined by God and what he's calling you and birthing in you into this world because he's still active and he's still bringing forth the very good things that he intended at the garden before the fall. Yeah, I love it. You know, yes, I feel like there's so much in my brain right now that I want to I want to say because I, I want to talk a little bit about the prison ministry that you did and the different things that you continue to do, but the pattern that you saw there. I know that we talked about this before, but you you had talked about the fatherlessness that goes on or the mm-hmm. single parent homes. Can you share a little bit about that that you saw in your experience of going literally prison to prison all throughout America? Well, it's it, it's the same story, and and I think uh, Bill that that's what has really driven me over the last year to continue to study the issue of, you know, the, the 25 cent word is the imago dei, the image of God. Yep. And it's the worst lies are half truths, right? Okay. So it's yeah. this truth of you can be whatever you want to be. That, that's a half truth because God has put a dream inside of us in his image. Yeah. But, but the half-truth is I can't be whatever I want to be. I can be whomever God called me to be. Yeah. And so I met young man after young woman after young man after young woman who had this dream in their life. But, but it was a dream that they were trying to accomplish through human means. And then you put on top of that that they were given such limited means. They weren't given a dad. Um, they weren't given a dad, and they were given a mom who um, had a drug addiction because she was abused by a man. Seventy percent of women in prison are victims before they're criminals, and they're mm. victims. Seventy percent of men in prison didn't have a relationship with their dad, or they had a bad relationship with their dad. Um, I, I can remember encounter after encounter where the greatest day for a dad and a son was the day that they got assigned to the same facility. They would come up to me in joy, a dad introducing his son. Isn't it great? We're in the same facility. And I would rejoice with them because there was a level where they were together, but my heart would just break that for them this was a good day. But So there was, there was a, a truth that it was a good day, but it was a lie because it wasn't the fullness that God wanted for them. And, you know, and then you, you, you couple into that foster care. We've, we've got just a ton of data that says that kids that go through foster care and age out, 
So they turn 18 and they don't have a forever family. Mm. You know, the, the, about a third of those kids end up in prison. So you've got wow. this brokenness now that comes. And, and we've got about 100,000 kids a year in America that age out and don't have a forever family, right? So you get a fairly good-sized city every year that don't have a family. So wow. you, you design, let us create them in our image. You have this picture of a community that we need each other. We're, and we're looking at a time in our country and around our world where division is, is just really the theme. And the more we divide, the more we're alone, the more problems we have. And, and really, it just continued to break my heart that we weren't, the church was not seeing the real issue. Mm. We were saying, how do we get bad people out of our neighborhood? We weren't asking, how do we bring good people home? Mm. Right? And, and so the question is then, how do we work inside the walls of America's prisons how do we build relationships? How do we, how do we not only share Jesus, but how do we show Jesus? How do we help heal the wounds? Can you imagine being a young man who your first arrest was because you were stealing food from the corner bodega so that your 12-year-old sister could have food for lunch? Hmm. At 16, you got put in the system because you were stealing a sandwich for her. And then you just got put in the system, and from there it was a straight line to the penitentiary. Hmm. How bitter are you at that point? And, and, and what happens to your soul? And what happens hmm. to the image of God in you as it gets dimmer and dimmer and dimmer? And you find yourself now just simply lost. How do we get back in there then? And how do we help those men understand that image didn't, that image didn't dim? I just need to help you find it and help you bring it back out. Your potential is not lost yeah. so that that young man can come home beaming as bright as he did when he came into the world on the very first day. What do you think we can do? Okay, so I'm, now I'm talking specifically to you, the believers that are listening, to those who know Jesus. What can we do tangibly on the day in, day out? Even from our perspective, even at the, the minutia of the perspective that we have when we drive down the road or when we go into the coffee shop or whatever, what, what can we do as individuals to change that paradigm even, even in a small way? And I'm going to add to that because I think that's a great yeah. question. I, I think let's break that down just a little bit more. What can we do first and foremost in our own homes? Yeah. <laughs> whether we're okay, single yeah. or whether we're homes, married, yep. um, whether we have kids or don't have kids um, or we're grandparents, what can we do there in that micro uh Location and then on a macro level, society, uh, societal. Uh, what 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 is the the issue or what can we do there as well? So maybe yeah. tackle those two things. Yeah, I, I, guys, I'm coming off a, a season here. I've been diagnosed with this thing called long COVID. Not even sure what that is, right? Yeah. Uh, all I know is that I have about eighty percent of the energy I had uh, last. October. I, I was, I've had COVID twice. I've been vaccinated Oof. and all yeah. that stuff. And this last time I got it was in November and I was ready to run a half marathon the week after I tested positive. So I'm, you know, I'm an, I'm an active guy. Don't need a lot of sleep or didn't before then. But God's kind of slowed me down. So it's, it's been, you know, I hate to say it, but it's been a good season for me of prayer of, of really reading the word once I got out of the brain fog phase and I'm doing well now. I'm, I'm going to be back to my normal self here. I, I imagine in, in probably three, four weeks, but a, a phrase came to me as, as I was 
you know, kind of convalescing. I had a lot of time just to sit and pray and think when I didn't have a lot of energy to do anything else. And I asked my question, as Christians, are, are we urgent about the gospel or are we panicked about the gospel? Huh. Okay. I think that. Yeah. And there are a lot of times in my career I was panicked. I operated as a pastor and as a ministry leader in a panic that if I didn't get this done somehow, God, God wasn't going to be who God was. And I think especially when I look at my family and, and when I look at my close friends, panic is terrible because that creates stress and burnout. Urgency is a different thing. That's what I'm asking on a continual basis. Is there an opportunity here for me to be Jesus in the midst of this? Mm. Is my son or my daughter in a position where they, they need me to sit down next to them and say, hey, what's up? Or do they need me just to sit down next to them and not say a word? Um, urgency creates this, um, this desire to see what's in the moment, not this desire to see what I need to make happen in the future. And, and I think that whole understanding of being in the moment and recognizing what's there and what I need to do is exactly what Jesus did day in and day out. He yeah. recognized the moment. And I yeah. think poem, what's happening in your wife's life, the look on her face when she's doing what she's doing around the house, you're looking for the cues. You're really getting outside of yourself. You're, you're getting outside of what's happening in your mood. You're looking, okay, are the shoulders slumped? You know, is, is the head up or leaning forward? You're walking into the coffee shop and you're not looking at the menu. You're looking at the people at the tables. Hey, how are they looking? How's their face looking? Are their eyes closed? Are, are you presenting a smile to the people around you? Are they smiling back? Are they not smiling back? It's taking that risk and saying, hey, how you doing? Are you doing okay? Listening for the answer. Yeah. You're not in this panic. You're not going through life in this panic that I've got to go from A to B to C because if I don't, God's not going to be God. No, I'm hmm. urgent about making sure that the people that God has put in my path understand that they're created in God's image. That every person around me is created in the dignity of the Holy Father. And my job is to help them realize that. Hmm. I help them see their dignity, their value. And if I assume they have value, all of these conversations we're trying to have right now around 400 years of slavery in the United States, uh, around whether or not this life matters or that life matters, that's a, that's a no-brainer, guys. Every life matters because God's given every life dignity. Yeah. Hey, I start every conversation with that assumption. Um, whether or not this political party is right or that political party, that, that's not a debate. There's value in every political party because... The people in that party are created in the image of God. And so I can have this urgency of beginning with, hey, let, let's just start with the fact that we all have value here. And yeah. that they're part of all of our opinions that really matter. And, and with our children, hey, honey, I just want to remind you that, boy, whatever happened in school today, there, there's part of God in you. There's part of the divine in you. There's a spark of holiness. Yeah. That Jesus is lighting on fire. So let's, let's talk about what happened based on that, okay? And then we can just really start fanning this flame that's there based on the fact that, hey, you're okay. I don't know how, if you guys have read much of Brene Brown. Yeah, uh, a little bit, yeah. Hey, guilt is I've done something wrong. 
Shame is I am something wrong. Mm. Okay. The evil one wants to inflict shame on every living human being. The evil one wants everyone to feel like you are something wrong. You are trash. That creates anger, bitterness, and violence. Under the definition of you created in God's image, you can never have shame because you can never be something wrong. You will always be something divine that can be restored through Jesus Christ. I feel like I'm going, I'm in school in a good way. Like I feel like I'm getting schooled in it because what I'm hearing, and I love this, is, is if I'm taken away correctly, it's since others have value, earn the right to speak life into them. Does that make sense? Did I say that correctly? Because I feel like when you said, when, when, when you talked about going into a coffee shop or whatever and you see their face or you see their mannerisms, it isn't like immediately like, okay, here's a track. And then again, I'm not against tracks, I'm not against, you know, but like, okay, here's a track. Go, you just need Jesus. But they really may need a friend. They may need someone who can, they can trust to build a relationship to then be able to cast the truth of God's value on them. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and, and I would talk specifically to men. You know, men, our Western society says you're valuable if you have a good job and you're making enough money. Right. That, that's a lie. Mm. Absolutely. I, I live in southwest Michigan, so we're, we have Dutch people here, right? A lot of Dutch people. So there, you ask three questions. Hi, what's your name? What do you do? Can you get me a discount? Those are, those are <laughs> it's my Michigan and, people. Yeah, you know, it's, it's <laughs> that question's really the important one. What do you do? Because that then is the, the, the basis of how I think about you. That is an mm. unbelievable lie from the pit of hell. Yeah. Because what you do doesn't define you. Being created in the image of God defines you. So then you get into this, well, if you're divorced, then you're another, line, you're another level down. If, if you're laid off, you're a level down. If you yeah. lose your house to foreclosure, you're a level down. And I think, guys, that's what's killing us. That's, that's why this suicide rate among you know, men uh, over 55 is just going through the roof. Yeah. Um, because it's the shame. Hey, we didn't achieve what people thought we should achieve. We're, we're not, we're not, um, we're, it's not the image that we were supposed to get to. Guys, we, we start with that image. And the reason I share Jesus with somebody is because they're valuable. And God yeah. wants glory with them because they're a jewel of his crown. And he yeah. wants them there. There's a place for them. And men, guys, you are so stinking valuable that, you, that a, a godly father can shut down the prison industry. Wow. A godly man can shut down the prison industry. You can throw all the programs at it you want, but the data tells us that it's godly dads and men that are going to close down the crime crisis we have in America. Yeah, that's, wow. Dude, there's, there's so many things that are going through my mind. Like, I know. Like, you know, the, the whole, um, are we, are we, is it, 
I don't even know where to start. But the, the image that came to mind was Jesus being contrasted with the Pharisees and Sadducees because they were in panic mode. They yeah. they were desperately trying to preserve something, and so the law became their driving force. And it was adherence to the law, adherence to the law, adherence to the law. And Jesus comes through, and and he is passionate about people, right? Mm. And so he is he's there's an urgency that he has. I mean, he has three years to live out this mission ministry, but his ministry moved the speed of walking, yeah. right? He didn't travel from, he didn't jet around the world. He moved at the travel of walking, the speed of walking. And I, I just, I, you know, uh, I, I think that's a, a great illustration for us. Like we have fallen into the trap of being Pharisees without yeah. even realizing it, where we are passionate about people following the rules instead of, um, and being defined by that. And that's the other thing, the word that keeps coming into my mind is, as we're talking about this, is we've allowed so many out, outside forces define us, whether it be our sexuality, mm. whether it be our sexual orientation, whether it be our vocation, whatever it is. And what you're reminding is like, no, 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 no. There's something that supersedes all of those definitions because those will be taken away from us one way or another. Yeah. And if we are not being defined and redefined over and over again by this love and grace and and goodness that is Christ himself and from the Father, uh, we we struggle. And I think that's why Scripture is so powerful of, of reminding yeah. us God in heaven is our heavenly Father yeah. because he knows how important that role is. And so he comes in saying, it doesn't matter what your earthly father is. Realize I'm your heavenly Father and I trump everything. Yeah. And if you can learn to, to have that become your identifier, if you can learn to have that become your definer, life takes passion life becomes beautiful and there's 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 these simple things that we can engage in it's not a matter of closing down the prison it's like just be a great dad to your kids and the kids that are around you that don't have great dads yeah you know yeah and it's uh, a lot simpler than we've made it just like it's well that's what it sounds like it's a lot simpler than we made it we fall in love with jesus we share that jesus with other people we build relationships and right so good jim we we so we're going to book you next week uh, to come back on, <laughs> and you're just going to be a constant person on this podcast from now on. Deep so. thoughts with Jim. Well, Travis, you're hitting something, and, and, and guys, I, I hope I'm not going too long. Travis, no, 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 you're great. If I'm created in the image of God, then doesn't it make sense that I spend my time learning what God's image is? Yes. Yeah. Right? And, and so I simplify it. Um, Max Lucado uses a, an illustration um, you know, I don't spend my time trying to squeeze, squeeze out grapes. That's not my job. My job is to spend my time hanging on to the vine. Right. And the grapes will come. Right. Right. I mean, and you talked about, you know, the speed of Jesus. Um, a man named Ray Bakke, who is a, probably the, the, we, we lost him. He went home to be with Jesus this year. He, he was a foremost theologian, uh, theologian on uh, the theology of cities. And uh, he, he had a, a great statement. He said, movements, m- movements progress at the speed of relationships. Yes. So that's the speed. The speed of Jesus was the speed of walking, but it was also the speed of relationships. Right. And you talked about your cigar church. That, that, that group moved at the speed of relationships. Nailed it. Bill, y- y- your, your legacy movement is moving at the speed of relationships. Hmm. And, and if we're all moving at that speed, then, then what we have happening is we're building community. And, and that's the image of God. It, it's the speed of community. And, and, and if, it's, if it's one soul at a time, if it's one young man at a time coming home from prison, if it's one young lady at a time coming home from prison, foster child, in the margins, 
but wherever they may be. And believe me, the margins can be in some pretty wealthy neighborhoods. Yeah. Openness yeah. happens everywhere. Um, we'll win the day. This, this, this is designed to be turned around by grace. Um, I, I just think urgency is needed. Panic is of the evil one. I think that's the title of your, your first book is Mission Moving at the Speed of Community. Yeah, you need to write a book. I'm just going <laughs> to... I'll buy, I'll, buy, I'll buy three. Yeah. I have all yeah. kinds of titles, man. I'm, I'm full of titles. <laughs> Jim, I mean, I'm seriously like blown. I'm like... So, you know, for, for the listener, you would not know the battle me and Jim went through to try and get him on here because of just crazy scheduling and, and everything. But I see why. I see why. Because I think every man needs to hear what was just spoken today. Yes. I think every man needs to understand their I value. I needed to and hear it. I needed to. That's what I'm saying. Like, we just, this impact, it just like you said, is relational. And I love it because it is. It's, it's a person at a time. It's, it's a life change at a time. But, oh, so good, Jim. I am so glad that you were on here today. We do need to seriously have you back on. Right. Because there's a lot of stuff I want to just keep talking about. Um, but no, this has been really good. Uh, so listen, any, any final thing before we get into, uh, that other little segment we want to do, is there anything else that you want to like share with anybody, anything that the Lord's put on your heart? You're like, I need to just say this right now, Bill. Uh, you know, I, I would just encourage everyone, um, to just get into the word. I, I think we, we have a scripture deficit. Uh, happening right now in the church and, uh, and and I'll be the first one to admit um, it's just very easy to miss that part of the day but but the truth of the word and to read it slowly mm. uh, I, I love these reading plans I, I love them and I use them because, because they keep you yeah. disciplined but, but sometime in our western world we read in order to check the box okay yeah. I got, got the plan done you know what, that's not the plan. <laughs> that's not the plan. Right? You know, yeah. the, that's not the plan. The plan is to, to dig out the jewels in the Word. And um, we need to drink from the stream, from the Word, and, and not from the rivers, from the really good Christian books that are out there. And they're great, but they're not the first thing we need to pick up. Yep. yep. To pick up the Word of God and, and really read from the Scripture. So if you're listening today and that's not part of your habit, and, and, and you're like, well, Jim, I just don't understand it. Just pray. One of the Holy Spirit's character characteristics is he's an interpreter of the Word for you. I've been reading the Word now, really, for 50 years. And there are still scriptures that I have read for 50 years that I read and go, oh, that's what that means. Yep. <laughs> and I have over and over and over again, but... but the spirit, it wasn't time for me to understand it. And, and I just mm. really would encourage you, because everything I've said today, it just comes from the Word. Yeah. It, it isn't something that's come from somewhere that I've found that's in some crazy place. It's just from God's Holy Word. That's all I have. I don't have any, I'm not smart. Um, I, I, I don't have any secret, secret weapons or anything. Man, we just have Scripture. And so I would, I would just say, just find a spot, get a chair in your house or, or someplace, and, and just be in the Word. So what I hear you saying is, don't read from panic, as if you need to check the box. Read for urgency and intimacy. Yep. Because it's where God comes to us and reminds us, um, dude, I love you. You're my kid. 
first and foremost. Never doubt that. Never forget that. And start to live life in that. And it changes everything. It changes relationships. It changes vocation. It changes direction. It changes everything. And so stop reading for panic as if you need to check the box to make sure that you're on task. Read for urgency and intimacy. So, dude, great words, Jim. Great, great words. By the way, uh, you live in Holland, right? Right there by Hope University? You betcha. I, uh, I get, my family and I get to get up to uh, Arcadia, Michigan. I don't know if you know where that is. Um, every Oops. summer, and uh, get a camp up there. Yeah, you play the golf course? Uh, no, I happen to not have that kind of discretionary income to play that golf course. It's only a few hundred bucks, and my game is horrible, so it would be a waste of money. Oh man! But I I know Arcadia Bluffs is a premier. Lynx style golf course right there on Lake Michigan, and it is some of the most beautiful golf you can ever play. I would say Pebble Beach-ish type beauty is what I would say. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's very fair. But Travis, you don't need to have the money to play it. You just need to have friends that have the money. <laughs> that's the ticket. Relationships, 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 relationships. matter. <laughs> hey, when you're up here, Travis, you need to let me know because uh, I we actually um, vacation up in that area too during the summer. Well, I, I'm I will st- let you know, Jim. I'm still going to hold you to getting up there and taking the boat out. I will do that. Do it. So, Get you on a big boat. Yeah, I'll be more than happy to, to uh, abuse that privilege. I mean, uh, to <laughs> work on this relationship. It's just relationships. It's just relationships. Just relationships. Listen, this has been, I'm not joking, this has been amazing. Yeah, it's been And good. so we're going to have you on again, and there's no choice with that, so just deal with it. <laughs> um, you're, just, you're just stuck with us now. Yeah. Uh, constant person. So, But I do want to... Uh, you know, every single one we did that we do these, and we have a, a guest. We do a, a thing called Fast Five, and so we we have some questions for you, Jim. Are you ready for our Fast Five questions? I'm ready. All right. So, uh, uh, what would you have for your last meal? My last meal, uh, it would it would be a, a sirloin strip, baked potato, and uh, asparagus. That's a good country boy right there. Oh, sounds good. Country boy will survive. And the asparagus from Michigan is yes. legit amazing. Amazing. Yep. Well, I will tell you, every single person we've asked, no one has said, I'll just have a bowl of veggies. <laughs> Thank you. It means a lot to me. Everyone starts with like, I'll either have like pulled pork or I'll have like this brisket. I yep. love it. It makes me happy. All right. Second one. Uh, you're on a stranded island. What's one album or musician you would want to listen to forever? Journey. Okay. Nice. That's, there it is. That's also a Michigan boy because I can't tell you how many classic radio stations are there in the in the Midwest that still are playing like the hits, Foreigner, Journey, Don't Stop Believing. I think is on an hourly rotation up there. You know, I, I mean, they don't make it like that anymore. No, they Northern, don't. Northern Michigan is firmly stuck in the eighties. They have not left. <laughs> Hallelujah! The wheel yeah. in the sky does keep on turning. So you know, I thought I was going to say Kid Rock. <laughs> Kid Rock, no, no, but that song that he read in, no, no. I mean, that is the perfect. Northern Michigan song. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely perfect. Okay. Okay. So, all right. Third one, guilty pleasure. And when I mean that, anything, you know, like not sinful. So, uh, so, you know, guilty pleasure. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm smoking a Cohiba with Travis. I'll, uh, I'll admit that's, uh, that's where we're smoking inside the camp and we're, uh, and we're, uh, on our, on our sitting somewhere watching the sunset over like yes you know you you said something about baptist you said you were a um an outlier baptist i'm like he just spoke my heart language right there <laughs> <laughs> I, yep. it's, my, it's my man right there so okay uh number four what's one word 
your your wife would use to describe you? Just one. Could be a phrase. Maybe a phrase. Uh, well, one word would be she she would often describe me as scattered in a good way because mm. I multiple things happening at one time. So she'd say he, he's scattered. Yeah, that's that sounds like my wife in describing. Yeah, that's good. Okay, scattered. Good, good word. Okay, uh, how do you want to be remembered? I, I feel like I know this, but how do you want to be remembered when you die? Uh, present. He was present. That's awesome. That's and, uh, cool. We're working hard on that with my grandkids right now. I have four of them. And um, I, I, I'm actually slowing down. My, all my grandkids are preschool. And I made a conscious decision that uh, I, I'm going to enter into uh, less hours of work now because they're not in school and I can right. spend now mm. and then I'll go back to work when they get in school. And so we're, we're kind of doing a pre retirement phase right now. And actually at noon. So in a few minutes, two of them are going to be here for the afternoon. Oh, so yes. I'll be hanging with grandbabies this afternoon. That's awesome. And, uh, so in a few years when they're all in school, then, then I'll ramp back up and work more hours because they'll be in school. So I want, to be, I want to be known as present. Actually, I, I've always thought I'd want on my tombstone. I told you I was sick, but present. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. <laughs> this is fantastic. The last laugh. The last laugh. That's awesome. Okay, we have one bonus question for you. Okay. Um, what biblical character would you want to have lunch with who's not Jesus? Yeah, Peter. I, Peter and I share personality traits. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yep. I want to know how he got away with everything he got away with and still <laughs> heaven. I, I just, uh, how, how in the world did he pull that off? <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love it. It's so good. Jim, I'll thank you. Go for it. Dude, I just, I need to know your secret. Uh, that's a late, it's, um, yeah, that, that's a good one, Peter. No one said Peter yet. No, they've all had. I love it, Jim. Thank you so much for being on today. I'm being honest. I want to have. We're going to have you back on. Absolutely, a, a lot of wisdom, guys. Share this with your friends. Uh, this is something that every guy needs to listen to, Jim. Uh, let us know when your book comes out. Um, I, I'm, I'm prophetically saying. I mean, so October. We should get a call. <laughs> So um, that sounds good. That sounds good. Hey guys, if uh, you need uh, to have a, a deeper conversation with Jim, uh, info at knownlegacy.org. We will put you in contact with him. If you have any thoughts, comments, or you're just looking for community, or you want a brotherhood, some guys from a distance that can encourage you and help you process through some stuff. Info at knownlegacy.org. Mm. By far the best way. You can uh, chime in on Facebook. We normally respond to those pretty quick. Yeah. And uh, as always, uh, smash the like button. Blah blah blah. Whatever ratings blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Hopefully this was a benefit to you because I know this is very efficacious to me. Yeah, it was really, really good, Jim. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for listening today. Travis and uh, Kyle. Yesterday was Kyle's birthday. Kyle's our producer. Happy birthday, Kyle. Thank you, sir. A day late. 27? Somewhere around there. Somewhere around 27. Happy birthday to you. Oh, this got a little bit awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, hey, listen. And again, Jim's not going to be <laughs> back. Jim's not going to be back. <laughs> You guys have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening. Jim, again, thank you. Guys, thank you so much. Have no a great rest of your God week. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to the Known Legacy Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So email us your questions or comments to info at knownlegacy.org.